0: Hi, I'm Wes. Uh, thanks for joining us again on Building Roots podcast with Tree Newell. I'm joined today by Emmett Munich from ArborJet, and we're here to talk about Paclobutrazol, which is a growth regulator. How are you doing today? Doing great, thanks for having me again. Yeah, my, p- my pleasure. So um, growth regulators, this is kind of a, it's not exactly a brand new thing in our industry, but most people still aren't aware of them and what they are and what they do. So. Would you mind telling us a little about kind of how they help us in, in plant management? Uh, you don't know what
1: kind of uh, black box you just opened there, Wes. <laughs> so uh, growth regulators, are, they're fascinating. So my, kind of my career has been dedicated to plant healthcare. And so there's, I tell people about a plant healthcare toolbox, you know, and, you, and most people think when they think plant healthcare, or PHC, they immediately jump into insect and disease control. Uh, Well, there's a lot more to it than that. And so what's interesting about paclobutrazol is everything else that's in the the PHC toolbox kind of affects the environment of the tree, right? So if you're doing some sort of a a root fertilization or or soil building program, you're you're affecting the root environment. Or if you're doing a a disease control or an insect control application, you're affecting what's uh, outside of the tree. Well, what paclobutrazol does is it affects the inside of the tree, the physiology, things that most people don't consider. You know, everything with, with plant material is controlled by a balance of hormones and the regulation of those hormones. And so uh is a really fascinating product, how it works. Uh, it was introduced, well, actually the, the early work on that product, uh, it is a triazole compound, so paclobutrazole, uh, very similar to what people may be familiar with for oak wilt treatments, which would be propiconazole. All right, so Z O L um, is the the suffix there, and so it was researched. It's in that triazole family, and so it was being researched as a disease control product. And what they found is it was not very effective at controlling diseases, but also it was Uh, affecting the growth of the plants. And and they were getting all sorts of distortion and and phytotoxicity from this compound. Well then, so they were gonna throw the baby out with the bathwater, but they kind of stopped and said, well, hey, maybe we can use this for something else. And so paclobutrazol for trees is applied to the soil. Uh, There's also formulations that can be applied to shrubs to help manage shrub growth, which is pretty awesome. Uh, And I've been working a lot with uh, like commercial landscape companies uh, in, in that route, just for managing growth of shrubs like hollies, ligustrums, abelia, sure. uh, wax myrtle, things like that, that are hedgerow shrubs.
0: Yeah, well, when they're doing uh, lots of shrub pruning multiple times per year, that's a big expenditure on labor, and it can help them out a lot by reducing that labor expense.
1: Yes, that's that's the angle that, that I'm coming in with. Um, and so, that's pretty cool, uh, but as it pertains to trees, so it's gonna be applied to the soil. It's gonna be root-absorbed, tree picks it up, and it's gonna transport this active ingredient, paclobutrazol, to the meristem. So that's the actively growing regions of the tree. And what this product does is it inhibits the growth hormone gibberellic acid. And so that is a hormone that is responsible for cell elongation. So what you see is, you know, let's let's take a, a shoemard oak, for example.
0: Uh, annually, how much growth would you expect a Shumard to put on in a year? Nice, nice, healthy, vigorous, young tree, and eight plus inches. Yeah, so let's say a foot of growth. Yeah. So you got a foot of growth. If that same tree
1: had been treated with paclobutrazole, you would see about four inches of growth. So it's gonna reduce that growth by about 66%, all right? Uh, it's still putting on the same number of leaves, or leaves it's just the internodal growth that's been shortened. So that's the distance of that stem between each leaf, right? So So it makes the tree look fuller, right? So you're going to get leggy, right? So you're going to get a more compact growth. Uh, The leaf size is going to be a bit smaller Mm -hmm. and you're going to see an enhancement of chlorophyll production. Or so basically your, your leaf is smaller. So you have a, a smaller leaf area, but the same amount of chlorophyll in that leaf. And so you're gonna get a darker, denser green looking
0: leaf. So you have less leaf surface area, but you get more energy production per unit of leaf area right. surface. So you're getting the same energy, if not more.
1: If not more. And so why would people wanna use this? So the the line clearance industry uses a, an absolute ton of this stuff mm-hmm. because it's gonna reduce their pruning intervals or. Uh, Lengthen their pruning intervals is what I'm trying to say. Reduce their pruning trips. And save them a lot of labor. Right, and so well, and it's good for yeah. the homeowners because if they're if they're doing line clearance in your backyard, then they can treat with this growth regulator. They're not going to be back the next year or the fall. You know, it's going to last. It I should say on trees, it persists for a pretty long time. Uh, it depends on the how long the growing season is. So in this area, I, I tell people two to three years. As we move north and the growing season is shortened, like if you get up into Canada, it may last four or five years because your growing season is so short. Um, And so the line clearance, that's a good use for it, just for controlling growth. I talked to a lot of arborists about it for the uh, health benefits that we see
0: uh, from using this product. You already touched on some of those. So you mentioned um, a a more compact canopy, you mentioned more chlorophyll in the Mm -hmm. leaves uh also there are benefits to the root system there are and so drought management
1: is another use that I talk to people about it uh and it's kind of a long-term approach for drought management because you get uh the easiest way to explain this is we are uh as a tree a tree has pathways that it's put its energy if you will basically carbohydrates right so trees are making their own food in the leaves in the form of sugars and they have pathways that they're going to put this stuff into different buckets, right? So trees naturally is growth. That's their number one sink for energy all- allocation. And so mm-hmm. trees out in the woods, what are they trying to do? They're trying to outgrow their neighboring trees and try to get to the sun. And so what we're doing in the urban environment, that type of growth is not necessarily uh, wanted or needed, right? We're trying to have a healthy looking tree. And so, when we downregulate that, well, the tree is still producing all of this energy, and it has these other sinks that it has to put them into. And so, you have root development, uh, defense compounds, carbohydrate storage, and uh, reproductive structures as all different buckets that it can put this energy into. And so, we downregulate the growth, upregulate these other things. And so, with drought management, you get an enhancement of fibrous root growth, but then you also get a more water-efficient tree because of another hormone called abscisic acid. That's what's involved in fruit set as well as stomatal regulation. And so basically these trees become uh, more sensitive to drought. And so they, when they sense the drought, they're able to shut their stomates and become more efficient in, in managing their water.
0: So when you say more sensitive, you mean they're able to perceive it and react to it better. Yes. Not that they suffer from it more. Correct. And so they have, because they have more abscisic
1: acid, the response is, is faster of, uh, of the still model regulation.
0: Right. So we definitely have a lot of secondary benefits from this product, right? They're yes. not, sometimes that can be our main objective and we should identify yeah. what our objective is with the product before we apply
1: it. Correct. And so stress management, uh, another, big opportunity that I talk to folks about is construction. Mm -hmm. So we're in DFW, lots of construction going on all the time around trees. If you can, and this is the rarity, is if you can treat with paclobutrazol prior to a construction project happening near a tree, it is super beneficial. Absolutely.
0: Um, I recommend that to customers a lot. I get get called in for consultations. I wanna build a house on this lot, mm -hmm. but I love these trees what are some of the things that i can do to help protect these trees and that's definitely an important component to that uh, management plan
1: right and so pre-construction is great
0: post-construction
1: is still very helpful uh, the challenge is um this it's it's very situational you could post construction could mean three years from now and when that tree is on death's doorstep uh, that's what i caution people with is it is not a 911 product right if the tree is about to die this is probably not going to save it this is more of a long it's kind of a long game because what it's doing by altering the physiology of the tree and what i think in that type of situation the key component of why this is helpful is the upregulation of carbohydrate storage mm. right? That's So it's very
0: important for plant health it's putting you're
1: putting more gas in the reserve tank of the yes. tree and so uh, what we see over this three year period of that tree being regulated, you know, it's only putting on that four inches of growth, so it's more compact. Well, then it's storing so much more energy. And so, when that growth regulator does wear off or it, it uh, is metabolized out, this tree will just come out with a pretty massive uh, amount of growth. I shouldn't say massive, a big growth response. And it's right. not because it's it's uh, been regulated, so it's making up for lost time. It's more because it's been storing lots of energy, and so it has this big reserve of energy that it that it pushes out. But there aren't any growth.
0: negative no. side effects health-wise. If if some no. someone has a tree and they decide to growth regulate it, and three years later they decide they don't want to do that again, there aren't any negative consequences for the tree. You just lose the benefit no. of the growth regulation, right?
1: And that tree after that it wears off, that tree is going to look better. It is going to be healthier um i've been treating uh so chlorosis is a common problem around here a nutrient deficiency uh on our hybrid oaks and, and maples and things like that i've been playing around with a, a tree in my in my town uh that i noticed was chlorotic it's in a parking lot island It gets no irrigation full sun exposure it's like the worst place for a tree i treated it with paclobutrazol back in the fall of 2018 i haven't done anything else to it since, and the tree is still looking awesome. Like I I noticed it last year was, uh, actually two years ago was breaking through the regulation. And I'm like, I just wanna see what this tree does, see how it looks. And the tree now is still doing great. I haven't treated that tree with anything uh, since five years ago.
0: Right. So this product, um, if you're treating on a tree that has restricted root zone, you have to Regula- you have to reduce the amount that you use, or you could overregulate the tree?
1: Uh, it's more about biomass, the size of the canopy. So uh, for instance, on the, the line clearance trees, mm-hmm. if they come in and they remove half the canopy for line clearance, that's when you're gonna wanna dial that rate back. Um, so with, with this product and with other plant healthcare products, we're basing it off the DBH, the diameter at breast height, and that's, a, that's an estimate of biomass. How large is this organism? Not always super accurate. No, it's not. And in, in fact, uh, you could measure a tree and I could measure a tree. We might come up with different measurements, right. uh, depending on the situation, if it was a multi-trunk or something like that. And so that, that's where an arborist or an applicator might need to put on their thinking cap. Right. And so uh, I believe this is one of the most underutilized tool uh, in the toolbox. However, I think what happened is when this product was released, it's been out for like, I think since the 80s was when they came out with it. The rates were not dialed in. And so you have different sensitivities based on species as well. Uh, Maples are super sensitive to it. Oaks respond beautifully to it.
0: Elms Uh, are relatively sensitive.
1: Yeah, cedar elms are are relatively sensitive. Um, But I I think where that, Comes in is maybe the the rates that were were tested were on American elm, which is a much larger biomass
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, compared to a cedar elm. Is gonna ha- you know if you have an American elm and a cedar elm that are the same DBH, their canopy sizes are not going to correlate. That right. American elm is going to have a lot more wood and a lot more leaves up there.
0: And I think you see the same thing on lace bark elm because yep. the leaf size is so much smaller and they just generally are more open canopy yep. tree than an American elm. Uh, even with a similar DBH, I think you have less biomass and so they're easier to overregulate. regulate Right, and so you gotta be careful on that.
1: Uh, and I encourage people, if, if they're using our product, if you have a question on on this, please reach out to me, call me, text me, whatever, uh, so that we make sure you apply the, the correct rate. And I always tell people, err on the side of caution. Error on the side of caution because if you over regulate a deciduous tree, uh, it's going to be in that over regulated state for a while. And what that means is the tree is going to have much smaller leaves, smaller than maybe is desirable. Uh, I have seen some cedar elms that are over regulated and their leaves are, are pretty small, uh, maybe like the size of a fingernail, mm-hmm. as opposed to uh, being, you know. That's probably half the size of what they're supposed to be or maybe a third of the size. Yes,
0: I agree. You absolutely have to be careful with your dosage and you have to be able to interpret each individual application, What uh, w- what is gonna be the appropriate reduction to the labeled rate based on what I'm seeing here with this individual tree. Yes. Um, another big benefit of this tree is the actual growth regulation. Yes. I run into all kinds of scenarios where, we have large trees in small spaces. Mm-hmm. Lots of conflicts with the house or the street, the sidewalk, the landscaping, the turf. Um, our trees, you know, they like a lot of space when you have large species like uh, live oak, for example. Um, a lot of conflicts with trees that have that kind of prostrate growth habit and they want to sprawl out. Mm-hmm and they're in a small space my customers often are trimming these trees back away from their house or their pool uh, every year and this is a product that can really cut down not only on the hassle but on the cost and as well on the mess Uh, i've removed many many trees because people are just exhausted from having to clean up the pool or their patio uh, with the mess that it makes. Yeah. And uh, one of the benefits of this product is that we can reduce that growth rate so that they're not at least having to do this every year. Maybe it's every third year or every fourth year. Right. Um, that's one of the big benefits from it. One of the other benefits from it uh, that maybe people realize a little less commonly is that it, it can help keep a very large tree a more manageable size in the space that it's in for a Mm -hmm. longer period of time. You get a lot of these little patio homes and it's got a live oak in the backyard, six feet from the house and five feet from the back fence. And that tree just doesn't have much space. And and you and I both know that there's nothing that we can do long-term, that tree is going to outgrow its usefulness in that space. And the conflicts are gonna be so great that it's just going to have to get removed. Right. Um, this is a, an opportunity to kick that can down the road a long ways um, and, and help keep that tree uh, useful in that space. It is, especially if
1: uh, someone is is living there, and hey, they have a we're only going to be here for five years or three years or whatever, one year, whatever it may be. That might be an opportunity if it's somebody that's going to be there like, hey, we retire, We are retiring here, this is our home, they might be better off, hey, let's let's get a smaller tree in this spot than uh, something that's gonna be large. But yeah, right tree, right location, that's always a, an important consideration.
0: Yeah, uh, this could actually help us a little bit when, because landscapers, as we know, can't always be relied on for right plant, right space. Yeah. So this is one of those tools that we can use to kind of help ameliorate some of those effects.
1: Yeah. Another use that I visit with people about is safety
0: mm-hmm.
1: safety so yeah. we've got tree form hollies that are often people are on ladders which with hedge trimmers shaping these things
0: yes I can think of a few houses in my neighborhood where I've seen the homeowner doing this well there's a reason why uh in, in our culture we don't usually employ ladders as part of our best management
1: practices. so uh on these large tree form shrubs you can use this growth regulator and it's gonna hold their growth a lot tighter um, for probably a, a year or more. On these, these evergreens, they're gonna burn through, they're gonna metabolize that product more quickly than a deciduous tree does. Again, has to go with the, the length of the growing season and how long that plant is, is working on this compound. Uh, but you could probably get 12 to 18 months of growth regulation on a, like a tree form holly, so to
0: speak. And that has a lot of benefits, uh, for the people maintaining it, as well as the people who look out their kitchen window and see it every day. And they don't like seeing those crazy long shoots of wild hairs sticking way out. Uh, so not only is it going to help with the maintenance, but the plant's going to look better You get a lot of these secondary benefits, uh, really show up on these evergreen plants. Yeah.
1: And I've even seen, uh, I've seen some live oaks that have been managed that way where they've, you know, it, it makes me cringe on the inside a little bit, but some people do it, they they uh, shape their live oaks and yeah, that's happening every year. They're shearing this tree back. And so if you can implement a growth regulator there, uh, that's gonna reduce how much labor and
0: input you're putting in to maintain that shape. Right. So are there any risks with applying the product? Uh, what could happen if there's, grass or other shrubs yes. or other plants around.
1: So this is a, a non-discriminatory growth regulator and paclobutrazol is a compound that's used in all sorts of industries that you would not even think of. So paclobutrazol is used in golf course and turf grass management. Uh, you know the, uh, oh, what are the plants you see at, at Christmas time, the, the red and green? Poinsettias. Poinsettias. The reason they look the way they do is they're treated with the growth regulator they're treated with a paclobutrazol product that's mm-hmm. why they are so vibrant in color and, and tight and so what i'm getting at is yes if you apply a tree rate of paclobutrazol to the soil and there are other plants nearby that pick it up they will be regulated often over regulated um, cool season grasses especially uh, we see issues with uh, as we move into the Midwest of the United States. Uh, fescue lawns are what we normally have, and
0: it will it will kill the grass basically. Uh, it's, it's too high of a dose for, for turf. So how close does the plant have to be for a, a normal application?
1: So uh, following the, the label, this product can be applied either as a soil drench or as a soil injection. And so uh, the soil drench method is pretty common where you will basically dig out what I call it, a trench or a moat around, adjacent to the tree, it's at the root flare. Uh, and you're just pouring that product at the root flare of the tree, keeping it as close to the tree as possible. Uh, and then there's also tools out there that can be used to apply metered doses into the ground as a soil injection. Um, with that, the, I think the soil
0: probe is probably going eight to 10 inches into the ground. So if you've got a azalea bush that's growing 3 feet away from your red oak that's been treated with paclobutrazol do we have to worry that that plant is going to be overregulated yeah yes as long as those roots are extending into that soil that's been treated right. with it you but have also the so yeah and then also with soil moisture rainfall
1: irrigation that product way. can move in the soil it's not going to stay it it doesn't move as much as as other stuff in the soil but it it can move Yes.
0: Under heavy rainfall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have seen it, um, be applied on a slope and having been washed down and you yep. have almost, almost this kind of pyramidal shape, uh, growth inhibit inhibition on St. Augustine grass. Yeah. So you have to be careful with it. Uh, is there anything that you can do to kind of help reduce those risks?
1: Uh, you don't want to apply it into saturated soils. Um, removing, removing that plant material, basically, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I'm I'm thinking of stuff like Mondo grass or, uh, monkey grass, things like that. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of depends, you know, uh, if you're doing things for the health of the tree, it might be good to have those plants taken out of there anyways. Um, but yeah, that, that is, that's probably the main risk with, with using this product.
0: Okay. So what types of trees and plants respond best to it? Uh, i think red oaks respond
1: just at most oaks but red oaks especially respond beautifully to this product
0: Mm -hmm. Um, very predictable results and greatly improves their health i've had a lot of luck with live oaks as well Mm -hmm. that's one of our species that creates a lot of conflict on the property uh, eating up all the the horizontal space and um I've had very good results with, uh, with paclobutrazol on not only improving the health and appearance of the tree, but just those, those additional conflicts with the property. Um, so is there anything that we need to do when we're applying it to ensure that it's gonna be effective? I, I think one thing is that the dosing is very specific.
1: Yeah, the dosing is very specific. Um, check your, double check, your, your rate categories and your dosing and mixing. And, you know, when in doubt, call call for help.
0: And make sure that you're identifying your species correctly.
1: Yes. Uh, say the, so timing of, of this application, it can be applied anytime the soil is not frozen, which our ground does not freeze here. And so if you apply this in the fall, winter, or early spring, you will see the growth inhibition the next, spring uh spring. If you apply during the summer months, you're not going to see the growth inhibition until the following spring. And so kind of a, an idea that I've had on this is if you are concerned about overregulating a tree, uh, applying this product in the summer months may reduce your risk of overregulation because it allows the tree to metabolize for a growing season before you see the growth inhibition effects of, of the product.
0: Okay. So do you have any other specific advice that you give to arborists that are using uh, growth regulators or specifically to homeowners on anything else that they need to know about the product before using it?
1: Uh, no, just just be aware that it's gonna affect other stuff around, around the tree. Uh, another common question I get is will this reduce uh fruit production and the answer is no does it increase fruit it production does. in all cases uh, yes so that, like I said one of those buckets that it's putting energy into is is uh reproductive structures and so mm. actually as a spray application on flowering shrubs uh like I've, I have some pictures of azaleas that look amazing things like a tight compact ball of, of flowers and so um
0: it's not gonna reduce acorns, it may increase your, your acorns. So that's that's something to consider as well. Okay, well, it sounds like a pretty neat product. Uh, I've had a lot of benefits from using it, both for plant health reasons and for growth reduction reasons. Um, as we found out, it, it really does work. Um, I have a lot of happy customers having them use this product. I know it has uh, uses in the utility industry and as well as turf and shrub management. So it's really a versatile product that uh, is a great tool in our toolbox. Absolutely. Yep. Well, thanks for joining us here on another episode of Building Roots with Tree Newell. I appreciate you being here, Emmett. I had a good time talking about this. We should do it again. All right, sounds good. All right, thank you.